Welcome everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen and this is the Bread of Life. Our program is presented by the International Disciple Making Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism. I encourage you to learn more about the amazing work we're doing around the world. Just go to traincpe.org. And to learn more about this radio ministry and our missions fellowship in Boise, Idaho, go to breadoflifeboise.org. It's from that fellowship that we share with you God's Word. Our lesson today was the first of what likely will be many lessons delivered not to a congregation, but to an empty room and sent out to families gathering in their homes. From our caves, God is still speaking and revealing Himself. What should we be looking for? We're using a lesson from Elijah in a cave on Mount Carmel. There God sent wind and earthquake and fire on the mount, but made Himself known to Elijah in a still small voice. What He was teaching Elijah... He is teaching us today. Our ears are not capable of receiving the cannon blast of his power sounding forth. And so when God speaks to us, he speaks to us in condescension, in the quiet of our consciences. God may use the thunderclap of dramatic events to cause us to focus, but it's to cause us to focus on the still small voice of his gentle and tender callings to our conscience to come to him to find in him the one who would bring us under his meek and lowly direction and have us share his yoke again the thundering of human events may last for a moment but it's the moment after the thunder after the wind and the earthquake and the tornado fire when all is quiet and our senses have become alert that God quietly reveals himself to speak to our hearts. I think we're at such a time like that. I believe that God is coordinating at this moment in time a worldwide quiet so that we may be still and listen as he speaks. And this is an act not primarily of God's judgment, but of God's condescending grace, calling individuals and communities to quiet themselves and listen to Him so that we may know His gospel and the Savior has come to us and died and risen for us and that we may live forever in the grace and glory that He provides for us so that we may plainly and patiently speak to others of that same gospel of God's truth and God's comfort and God's command and God's call for all to repent and to open their hearts to him. God has allowed this moment of quiet, this moment of stillness in the middle of dramatic worldwide events. The lesson from all of this, if we were to apply it to ourselves, is be still and know that he is God. It's to Listen in the quiet and then quietly but confidently speak for the one who is communicating to you his truth. Now is such a time for such a ministry. There's a second thing I want you to see in the story. It's this. The way that God reaches to the heart of a person is generally through less obvious means. The way that God reaches to the heart of a person generally is through less obvious means. Consider this for just a moment. 
that God is as much in the gentle gurgle of a baby as he is in the roar of the water that cascade over Niagara Falls. That God is as much in the glow of the firefly as he is in the tropic blaze of the sun. That the God who casts the stars through the canopy of space is the God who gives each blade of grass its underneath our feet, its contours. God is in the ordinary things of life. Elijah, God is saying, don't be confused. You want God to do something spectacular, and God is always guiding and always working and always shaping in the everything, in the everyday ways of life. And when a disruption comes, it's not to leave us disrupted. It's to teach us attentiveness to the ways of God and the normal and the regular that's all around us. To listen to him and look for him in the all-around, everyday, so many ways in which God speaks and is speaking and is calling and is knocking. And when the disruption comes, it's not to leave us merely disrupted, but to make us listen and respond to him in the every way of life. Tragedies and catastrophes and shocking moments may cause people to stop for a moment and cause people to turn towards God, but they will actually not keep people with God. What keeps us with God? Well, we remain with Him when our eyes are open to see God at work in the everyday affairs of our lives. We remain with God when we don't simply turn to God or seek God or look to God in the spectacular moments, but in the mundane, ongoing expressions of normal life that are all around us. You'll recall that Paul teaches us in Romans that the just shall live by faith, that the righteous life that God brings to us when we trust in Jesus Christ launches us into a life of faith where we see God day by day and moment by moment through all the ordinary experiences of our existence. And that's the life of faith. It's the life that God calls us into when He stirs up things within us. He's not simply calling us to look for Him in the storm, but to look for Him in the quiet after the storm. To look back for Him in the days in the past as well. The just shall live by faith. They shall see God in all things and at every place in every moment and they're reminded in catastrophic moments to value the regular rhythmic moments that God gives them where God is seeking to communicate himself. Maybe in a situation like this we learn what Elizabeth Barrett Browning wrote. The earth is crammed full of heaven and every bush is aflame with the fire of God but only those who have eyes to see take off their shoes. The rest just pick berries. The lesson here is, let the disruptions that God has sent upon your life call you back to take heed to his presence. Look at the life you're living and take your shoes off for you're on holy ground. Because God is near and God is at work. God is calling us in the regular and the common to bow before him and live before him. God was there in the past when you weren't paying attention. God is here in the moment. and God will be for us in the future. We're to live by faith with our eyes fixed upon him, with our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Here's a third thing that we can see here. So, by the way, that addresses why we don't always see dramatic things. Elijah is wanting God to do something dramatic and not something normal. And 
This is why God ultimately works through the ordinary, and God speaks through ordinary people in quiet ways. But I think this is the thing, the lesson I want you to take most of all. It's in the third point here, and it's this, that God's way is found more in mercy than in judgment. Make no mistake, God judges, but his heart is all of mercy. The law thunders from Mount Sinai. The uh, wind cracks the rocks, and the earthquake shakes the ground beneath us, and the fire blows over us, but the gospel... The gospel comes to us in the quietness of a lamb that lays down its life for sinners. Take your Bibles and turn to Isaiah 53 for a moment, thinking of quietness and the quietness of the gospel. Isaiah 53, I want to read to you verses 4 through 7. Let's back up and read verse 3. We could read the whole passage. It's such a wonderful passage. He was despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom we hid our faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. And upon him the chastisement that brought us peace was laid. And with his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Jesus Christ bore our sins and died for us, giving expression to the deep and profound mercy of God. And Jesus did it for us quietly and gently and calmly. The wind and the earthquake and the fire are all expressions of the judgment of God. The wind dispersing, the earthquake unsettling, the fire purging. Actually, you can read through your Bibles and you'll see on a number of different occasions when God is revealing the expressions and the sequences of his judgment, they usually reveals it in these essential elements of wind and earthquake and fire. But God doesn't reveal himself to Elijah in these three things. Judgment is God's strange work. If you had time, you could go to Isaiah chapter 28, verse 21. There in the passage, the context of the passage is God's judgment that's coming to a location and a place. And there, the prophet Isaiah calls the judgment of God his strange work. And the idea there is that it is God's uncommon work. God's uncommon work is judgment. So what is God's common work? Mercy. Mercy is God's common work. Judgment is his strange work, but mercy is his heart made known to us. Here in mercy, God draws near to reveal himself to the senses of Elijah. In the quietness, following the concentration that's come from the sound of the wind and the thuttering of the earthquake and the rushing roar of burning fire, God makes himself known and reveals himself. The quiet voice of the gospel, the quiet expressions of mercy. You come to Christ this way. 
You are awakened to your need of salvation because God impresses you with a sense of your sin and your lack of righteousness and your desert of justice and you feel and you know and your heart quivers with the sense and quakes with the sense of God's justice. God's wind of his spirit blows upon you and disperses all of your defenses. God's earthquake comes and shakes you up from all the foundation that you've laid, a faulty foundation You've laid of your own works and your own effort and a fire burns away, burning away all the different things that you've claimed made you right and acceptable before God. And then in that moment, in that moment, God speaks to you and shows you a way forward. And God speaks to you in the quiet voice of a lamb who suffered for you and for your sins. And the quiet knocking of a Savior at the door of your heart, calling you into his mercy and his forgiveness And that's where God is. That's where you meet God. Isn't that quiet moment of mercy? Keep it in mind and remember it. It's here too in this moment when we experience that mercy that we truly learn reverence and the fear of God. It's in that moment actually that we cover our faces with our mantles. We throw our hands for a face. Oh God, God forgive me and God cleanse me in that holy moment the quietness of mercy and the quietness of the gospel well thank you for listening to the ministry of the bread of life to learn more about our ministry let me suggest you go to one of two websites first go to traincpe.org traincpe.org to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism discipleship and church planting or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.